Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. to hour number two of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kemp on a scheduled day off. Expected to have him return for tomorrow's Sports Zone starting at 9 a.m. And of course, the extra point from 10 to noon. We're with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We'll make room for Sam Smith with betting pros on the other side of the break. Plenty to get into in terms of some MLB win loss totals, in addition to NL. AL MVP. See if we can find some value as opening day is here. Uh, you have the Braves and the Nationals currently underway with the Braves on top 3-1 over the Nationals bottom of the third. Yankees and uh, Giants in the top of the fourth. Yankees on top one nothing with a solo bomb from Aaron Judge. Orioles and Red Sox get underway here in the next uh, five minutes or so. Brewers and Cubs in the next ten minutes or so. So as for the Diamondbacks, you have them in L.A. taking on the Dodgers. It's going to be a Zach Gallen start versus Julio Urias, 7-10 first pitch. And the bad news for the Mets, uh, as it has been announced that Justin Verlander will be going to the IL with a uh, strained shoulder. So we'll continue to monitor that situation as it unfolds. Uh, as we typically do, though, let's reset the scene with today's poll questions. And we'll start here with the KDOS1060.com poll question. The Suns, they got a win in Kevin Durant's home debut. It was a 107-100 victory over the Timberwolves. So what most impressed you in the Suns' 107-100 win over the Timberwolves? Josh Kogi's relentless effort late in the fourth quarter Chris Paul's most complete game in two months or Kevin Durant impacting spacing despite poor shooting uh, we'll get into that answer here around 11 30 but the masses are out in front with Josh Akogi at 57 percent Chris Paul 29 percent and KD at 14 percent of the vote Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. This was more just intrigue here, and I guess I have my answer on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Would you be more inclined to purchase Amazon Prime and watch Thursday Night Football if NFL games were flexed to Thursdays? Uh, that is the potential proposal that Roger Goodell has out for the NFL. It did not pass through the owners. Will be uh, re-upped for conversation in May. But 100% of the vote is on the no side of things here on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Uh, as I mentioned, Sam Smith will be joining us here shortly to go over Major League Baseball win-loss totals from betting pros. Uh, when it comes to baseball here, opening day, some reminders about baseball changes. So we do have the fact that we have this pitch clock and uh, you have 15 seconds between pitches if no one is on base, 20 seconds between pitches if there are runners on base. It's important to make sure, though, if you are a hitter, 
regardless if the pitcher is dilly-dallying and taking his sweet time, you need to make sure that you are in the hitter's box. Because if you are not in the hitter's box, the penalty goes to you. If you are in the hitter's box waiting patiently for the pitcher who is going to now get penalized, then it becomes a pitcher's penalty. So it's very important to make sure that you're not dawdling around, that you're in the hitter's box, everybody's ready to go, because you would hate for a crucial situation to end on a pitcher's violation or a hitter's violation. And I'm kind of curious to see what happens If there ends up being a situation this season where a game does end on a violation and how, you know, it's a very long season. So you can say, well, it's just one game. But will that one game come back to impact anything? Or when does this potential violation happen uh, late in the season where these games are starting to come down to uh, to crunch time? I'm very curious to see how this all unfolds. Obviously, though, uh, I believe it was Francisco Lindor. I was reading an article uh, with him quoted talking about how he's been, you know, trying to get introduced to all of the new rules for the Major League Baseball season. Then playing in the World Baseball Classic, the rules had gone back to the way that it was before. And he was like, oh, well, this is kind of interesting because I'm now used to the new rules and now we're going back to the old rules of course you have all of the different potential shifts that have been banned and things of that nature as well the other thing that's also fascinating here to see the numbers bared it out in spring training so how will spring training numbers bear out when it comes to the regular season that's bigger bases in spring training stolen base attempts increased by 50 percent Will that number stay in the regular season? I'm kind of fascinated to see how all of that unfolds in regards to Major League Baseball and stolen bases because stolen bases uh, is, is a lot of fun and it can change the narrative. I mean, how many times are we watching um, a playoff scenario here and the 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 hitter, either he walks or he he hits a single, he gets on first talking about getting a speedy guy out there to put pressure on you to get to second. If we have more stolen bases, how much fun could that potentially ramp up the game? I'm just curious to see from an analytical perspective as well, uh, you know, what that sort of pressure does on a pitcher, uh, what that sort of pressure does uh, on whether or not you're going to be able to introduce more runs. Uh, Just kind of fascinated to see how all of the different changes really unfold and as we get started here for Major League Baseball opening day. Uh, Let's go back to the Phoenix Suns, though, for a second here. With their 107 to 100 win over the Timberwolves yesterday, It was important that they got this win because it kept them in fourth place in the NBA West because the Clippers went and took care of business in Memphis, beating the Grizzlies 141 to 132. There was no Paul George. There was no Kawhi Leonard. Insert Russell Westbrook. He, I guess, you know, he just took the uh, clock and he rewound it because, my goodness, he went back in time here with a 36-point performance, four rebounds, 10 assists, and two blocks. In fact, he made some Clipper history. 
He became the first Clipper in team history with a stat line that was of at least 35 points, at least 10 assists, and at least two blocks. So he was the key to the Clippers getting this win over the Grizzlies. And when we were looking at the win-loss column here, the Clippers are, are sitting in fifth. And if the Suns would have lost to the Timberwolves last night, they would have had equivalent losses. So kind of trying to manage what's going on in the NBA West. So it was important for the Suns to take care of business last night. In another contest that impacted the West, you had the 76ers beating the Mavericks 116 to 108. The Mavericks fall to 37 and 40, which is 11th in the West. Embiid played 25 points. James Harden Back from his Achilles soreness, he's quoted as saying it's actually been something he's been dealing with for uh, the last couple of months now. 15 points and 12 assists for Harden. But for the Mavericks, so far, not really figuring things out with Luka, Kyrie, and, uh, you know, all they're all saying all the right things post-game. Luka, Kyrie, head coach Jason Kidd, that there's still time for them to get it together. There's still time for them to make the playoffs. At this point, you know, things change on a dime here in the NBA West. So I don't want to go out on a limb and say they're probably playing for a play in spot, but that seems to be most realistic at this point for the Dallas Mavericks. When it comes to the Lakers, they beat the Bulls last night. 121 to 110. They're now sitting at 38 and 38 in the West, which is good enough for eighth place. Anthony Davis, 38 points. He was 13 of 20. 10 rebounds. LeBron James, he was back and he went back into the starting lineup. 25 points for him, 10 of 19 from the floor. As for the Thunder, they outlasted the Pistons 107 to 106 after kind of catapulting themselves into the conversation. They had lost a few in a row there. So outlasting the Pistons 107 106 to keep themselves in reach and in range for a potential play-in opportunity. And for the Kings, they absolutely thumped the Blazers last night, 120-80. to No surprise there, though. The Blazers pretty much shut things down. But the most important part about this game and this victory is that Sacramento claimed their first playoff berth since 2006. 2006 and when you go into how long it's been since they've made a playoff berth uh it's the longest streak whether it be across nba whether it be across the nfl whether it be across uh nhl mlb so they finally snap that streak and i think for a while we were thinking, all oh, of these Kings, they're, they're a fun story here. And, you know, they trade for DeMontis Sabonis. They had some, some talent, Halliburton, uh, Fox, all these guys that have offensive firepower. Mike Brown, a respected head coach, a respected coach in the league. He's come here to, to put things together for the Kings. And they had kind of ascended into the West. But then you were thinking to yourself, okay, we're getting here now to the turn of 2023. Are they going to be able to stay consistent with this. Uh, then we're getting to the turn of the All-Star break. Are they going to be able to stay consistent with this? The answer so far has been yes. So I'm very curious to see how this team is going to perform as we move forward heading into uh, you know the end of the season here and into the playoffs and that they're probably not this feel-good story that they actually have a chance 
here in the West to be a disruptor because the West is kind of a bit of a mess. So who can be that that team that ascends forward? The Kings don't play a whole lot of defense. They kind of have to outscore you, but they could be fun. And probably for a franchise that hasn't had a playoff berth since 2006, they were also one and done that year to the San Antonio Spurs. They'd probably like to have a little bit of a playoff run. Major League Baseball, though, it's opening day. Diamondbacks get things started tonight against the Dodgers. Zach Gallen on the mound. Julio Urias for the Dodgers. We head on out to break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Sam Smith, pro, uh, betting pros, to get uh, Major League Baseball win-loss totals and all of that fun stuff to find some value. That's happening next here on Extra Point. Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 and online at KDOS1060.com and with the new KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Well, Major League Baseball season is here and we head on out to the KDOS hotline as we're joined by Sam Smith from Betting Pros and you can follow him on Twitter at Sam Smith Betting. Sam, thanks for coming back. Looking forward to the conversation in regards to Major League Baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kayla. Um, always an exciting time of year, you know, baseball season ramping up, kind of getting the, the first peak of summer here. So really looking forward to a new season. Absolutely. Well, let's see if we can find some plays, find some edges and, and go through a list of uh, win loss totals and futures plays. But first, I have to ask this question here for you. In your process of going through some of these win loss totals or division winners, if you will, did the way that baseball changed the schedule of how many times teams face division rivals impact how you viewed season win totals this season? Yeah, it's a great question, and it absolutely did. Um, you know, baseball, so for, for anyone that might not be as familiar, uh, the old model, every team played other teams in their division 18 or 19 times, meaning you had, you know, somewhere in the range of 70 to 75 games uh, against your division rivals. Um, this year, they're pairing that back. You're going to play everyone in your division 12 or 13 times. And so, um, you know, you're going to have about 20 games per year fewer um, against your division rivals. Uh, so for a team in a really strong division, that's great news. They don't need to play these powerhouse teams as often. Um, and on the flip side, for a team in a really weak division, it might be bad news. It might mean that your schedule might not get fluffed from playing the same uh, few bad teams over and over again. All right, so on to the win totals. Let's start here with the local squad. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they inked Corbin Carroll to an eight-year deal, looking for Zach Allen to continue what he did last season. You have Gabriel Moreno at catcher now, hopefully getting Cattell Marte back on track. So with all of this combined, does it lend itself to seeing the D-backs get over the 75-and-a-half win total? Yeah, you know, I think they do this year. And this isn't one that I had a huge amount of conviction in, but I think the Diamondbacks are going to be pretty solid this year, improved year over year. Um, they did lose Dalton Varsho, as you know, but they were able to replace him at catcher with uh, Gabriel Moreno. Um, and Corbin Carroll's really the story of the year. You know, as as he goes, I think the Diamondbacks will go, and I think the sky's the limit. You know, he could, uh, he could post a 2020 season pretty easily. He could even, you know, challenge a 30-30 season, depending on how the season goes. Um, but the one thing that I look at when kind of handicapping where the Diamondbacks are going to be this year is that uh, change to the schedule. So last year they were at 74 wins. This year I'm seeing 75 and a half being the, the win total thrown around. 
Uh, the Diamondbacks were actually above 500 outside of the National League West last year. Um, so they had their schedule, you know, kind of impacted by needing to play the Dodgers and the Padres and even the Giants last year over and over and over again. Um, they should be able to get the benefit of not having to play those dominant teams quite as often, and they should be in a pretty good spot to pass last year's win total and uh, go in over 75 and a half. Well, let's stay here in the NL West, as you mentioned. The Padres, they just keep going out there spending money. Uh, Their win total is now sitting at 93.5 wins. The Giants weren't able to get Aaron Judge. They backed away from Carlos Correa. So did they do enough to get over the 81.5 win number? And the Dodgers, they've had some injury concerns. Gavin Lux opening up the season without Walker Bueller and Tony Gonsolin. They lost Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, to name a few. So... All, with all of this combined, do they have enough depth to be able to get over their win total of 96 and a half wins? Yeah, and the West is going to be crazy this year. I mean, you outlined all the storylines that we're looking at, but there's kind of three teams at the top that are sort of unknowns, but should be at least pretty solid this year. Um, you know, kicking off in San Diego, like you said, win totals 93 and a half. Last year, they ended with 89 wins. Um, they added Xander Bogarts in the offseason, obviously a star shortstop from Boston. They also should have Tatis back from suspension for most of the season. Um, All things considered, I think the Padres have done enough to sort of edge above that 93.5 win total. Um, And again, they have to play the Dodgers and the Giants less than they did last year, which I think is going to be a positive for them. So give me over 93.5 on the Padres. Dodgers, they obviously lost a lot of big names. Uh, Trey Turner kind of being the headliner there, but, you know, you mentioned that they lost depth as well. You know, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, um, lost some lost some pitching power. Um, they ended last year with 111 wins. Obviously, just completely ran all over everybody. Uh, this year, the total is sitting at 95 and a half. And realistically, I'll pro- I'll probably stay off this one either way. But if I had to make a call, I would go with the under. Um, with other teams in the division improving and the Dodgers losing so much depth. And now, last last but not least, the Giants. Uh, 81 wins last year. We're looking at 81 and a half as the win total this year. Um, they added Michael Conforto, they added Sean Manaya, uh, lost Carlos Rodon and Evan Longoria. Um, but again, going back to the, to the division schedule change, they were 10 games above 500 outside of the division last year. I think that'll help them uh, improve as well as the names that they've added. I'll go slightly on the over there. He's Sam Smith, betting pros. Follow him on Twitter at Sam Smith Betting right here on Extra Points on KDOS AM 1060. Let's stick in the National League. The talk of the offseason was the New York Mets. They signed Edwin Diaz to the richest closer contract in Major League Baseball history. Now he's unfortunately injured for the season. They were able to bring in Justin Verlander. You do have to factor in Verlander's age. So too with Max Scherzer, who's returning in his age. So where do you now stand with some of the injury issues for the Mets? and the division that they play in at 93 and a half wins. Yeah, the Mets, uh, the Mets going over is actually probably one of my favorite win total plays of the season this year. Um, so last year, as a reminder, they were at 101 wins. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the acquisitions they've had, and there's some questions about age, injury, but uh, at the end of the day, Verlander, as well as uh, Senga, the, uh, the, the Japanese pitcher who should make an impact right away, and Jose Quintana, they, they have a really deep staff. Um, the Edwin Diaz injury, obviously a huge bummer. We're, we're all going to miss watching the, uh, the trumpets as he comes in in the Bronx or in uh, Queens, excuse me. Uh, but they did sign David Robertson and Adam Ottavino. Neither of them have quite the star power of Edwin Diaz, but I think their bullpen should be uh, performing at a pretty solid level this year. Um, and the last thing I'll say about the Mets is 
when you're looking at these win totals, something to keep in mind is which teams might buy at the deadline and which teams might sell at the deadline. Uh, the Mets have made it really clear that it's championship or bust. Uh, Steve Cohen is a very aggressive owner. And I think that if there's a name floating out there at the deadline that they could add to the roster, they're going to be aggressive to go and get him. Um, so, again, 101 wins last year. We're sitting at 93.5 win total this year, and they've improved. I think I'm going to take that over, and I'm going to take it confidently. Jordan Walker, he's making his opening day roster debut for the St. Louis Cardinals. They have Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado returning. They're bringing in the addition of Wilson Contreras to catch, and you could debate whether or not that's helpful to the roster or not. Adam Wainwright, though, is starting the year on the injured list. So how do you see this St. Louis Cardinals team rounding into form 88 and a half wins? Yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to be um, a lot of fun this year. You, you mentioned the, the big names. I'm really interested to see how Jordan Walker does. Obviously, Goldschmidt and Arenado are sort of the, the headliners there. Um, they were at 93 wins last year. Total is sitting at 88 and a half. And I'm, I'm going to lean under on this one. Um, and again, looking at the division breakdown, the National League Central was a very weak division last year, and the Cardinals really took advantage. Uh, they were 48 and 28 in the National League Central and 45 and 41 against the rest of the league. Um, so I expect there to be a fair amount of regression as they get less fluff from playing the Pirates and the Cubs and the Reds over and over and over. Um, so, you know, the Cardinals, they're, they're always near the top of the standings. I, I won't be surprised if they prove me wrong here, but I'm going to lean under on 88 and a half. We're having a conversation here. Major League Baseball win totals, futures plays, Sam Smith betting pros. Follow him on Twitter at Sam Smith betting right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. Let's head to the American League. The Mariners, they chased a lot of team and history demons last year, and they're going to run it back with Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert on the mound. Are the Mariners ready to take yet another leap sitting at six, 86 and a half wins, excuse me, or is this time for some regression? Yeah, I think the Mariners are, are going to be a team to watch this year, and I, I think I'm going to take the over on 86 and a half. Uh, last year, they were at 90 wins. Um, they didn't make any huge splashes in the offseason, but they were able to add Teoscar Hernandez, which should provide some power to the middle of that lineup. Um, Colton Wong should help the defense. And obviously, the name that everyone's looking at there is Julio Rodriguez, last year's Rookie of the Year, um, really kind of one of the breakout stars in baseball. I expect him to improve over last year's season. I expect him to be right in the thick of the American League MVP race. Um, I think at the end of the day, they're a better team than they were last year, and they should have even more wins than they did last year. I'm definitely taking the over on their win total. The expectations are high for the Blue Jays, especially with some of the other teams in their division suffering some injuries. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is poised to keep ripping the cover off the ball. Kevin Gossman in a position to pick up where he left off. So at 91 and a half wins for the Blue Jays, what do you think about this squad? Yeah, this is a this is a tough one for me. Um, they were at 92 wins last year. They did lose Teoscar Hernandez. Um, they did add Kevin Tiermeyer, the sort of defensive wizard in the outfield from Tampa Bay, as well as Dalton Varsho from the Diamondbacks. Um, I think it's going to come down to the pitching staff. They're one, two, three of uh, Gausman, like you mentioned, Alec Manoa, and Jose Berrios. Uh, it's maybe one of the best one, two, threes in the MLB, and I expect them all to be as good or better than they were last year. Uh, especially Barrios, he's going to be sort of the X factor for this staff if he can get back to, you know, flashing the skill that he was showing when he was younger. Um, and they're going to have to play fewer games against the AL East, a very, very good division. Uh, it's tight for me, but I'm going to go with the over here. 
All right, another team that I'm going to ask a question about regression. Like, at some point, it has to happen, right? And I'm talking about the Astros. They did lose Verlander, but their pitching staff still remains very stout. Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Jose Urquidy, to name a few. No Jose Altuve, though, to start the year. Sitting at 95 and a half wins. Is that too much this season, or are the Astros going to just keep doing their thing? You know, it's it's tough. It hurts me to say it, but I think the Astros might keep on doing their thing. Um, they were at 106 wins last year, and the, the Verlander loss is going to sting. But, uh, you know, you ran it down. They still have a very, very good pitching staff. And Hunter Brown, the youngster that kind of, you know, flashed some potential late in the season last year, um, has a chance to make a name for himself on the staff and sort of work his way right into the thick of their rotation. Um, they also added Jose Abreu, the, uh, the slugger from the White Sox, of course, uh, so given that they can, you know, regress by 10 wins from last year's total and still hit this over, I think I'm going to feel pretty good about taking the over on the Astros at 95 and a half. Sam Smith betting pros at Sam Smith betting on Twitter here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. All right. So when we get to some div- division winners here, uh, we'll start with the AL West where we were just talking about the Astros are a whopping minus 185. The Mariners at plus 360, the Angels plus 550, the Rangers 10 to 1. Is this a pass or where do you try to find some value in this division? You know, I think that I think the Astros are they're deservedly kind of the odds on favorite, but I think that those prices underrate not only the Mariners chances of making a jump, but also the Texas Rangers. Um, so the Rangers would be sort of my my long shot. You know, you want to you want to throw a 10 to one bet out there. Um, there's a an equation, the Pythagorean run expectancy. And basically what this does, is it says, how lucky did this team get last year? Should they have won more games or fewer games than they actually won? Um, and the Rangers were actually the least lucky team last year. They won 68 games, but based on the number of runs they scored and allowed, they should have won 77 games. Um, they added Jacob deGrom, they added Andrew Heaney, Nate Eovaldi, and Jake Odorizzi. So they have an entirely new pitching staff filled with some some big names and, you know, a Cy Young favorite in deGrom. Uh, Bruce Bochy, the new manager. I think the Rangers are are a team that I think could make some noise this year, sneak up and maybe finish in the 90 to 95 win range. So if we see some regression out of the Astros and they fall, you know, a little bit below where people think they're going to be, the Rangers could absolutely go out and win the AL West this year. The AL East, you have the Yankees on top at plus 130, the Blue Jays plus 200, the Rays at plus 270, then the Red Sox 18 to 1 and the Orioles 25 to 1. The Orioles surprising everyone last year. This division though has been a really fun battle of recent years, but it's really top heavy once again. So is there any value in this division? Yeah, you know, if you if you have some pocket change laying around, I think 25 to 1 on the Orioles isn't a bad bet. Um, they're going to be depending heavily on some young players, but Adley Rutschman, their star young catcher, uh, should improve on a really good season from last year. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, some people think he's, you know, the number one prospect in baseball. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is going to be coming up. Uh, they won 83 games last year. I could see them finishing above 90 this year if they outperform. Um, all that said, though, I think the Toronto Blue Jays are probably the play there. They're, they're sitting, you know, like you said, right around three to one, um, have a very solid pitching staff, have the lineup to get it done. And I expect the Yankees to regress or maybe disappoint just a little bit this year. So I think the Blue Jays are the best value play of all of those teams. In the AL Central, you have the Guardians at plus 115, the Twins plus 180, then the White Sox jump up to plus 300, and the Tigers 30 to 1. Twins, after all that, ended up keeping uh, Carlos Correa. Is that the difference maker, or how do you see this AL Central playing out? 
Yeah, this is going to be a tight one. You know, none of these teams are, are awesome, but the Guardians, the Twins, and the White Sox are all going to probably have a have a chance at, at winning the division late. Um, of those teams, I think the Twins at plus 180 is the bet that I would be most excited about. Um, they added Pablo Lopez, a, an underrated, really solid young pitcher from Miami. They added Michael Taylor, a very good uh, defensive outfielder. Like you said, they brought Carlos Correa back. He's going to be sort of the headline name in that lineup. Um, and again, that Pythagorean win expectancy, it said they should have won 82 games last year. They only won 78. Uh, I expect a little regression from the Guardians, no real change this year. I think the White Sox are a solid team, but not great. So give me the Twins at plus 180 to win the Central. Let's hop on over to the NL East. It was a fun division down the stretch last year. The Braves at just plus 100, Mets plus 155, the Phillies at plus 400, obviously now dealing with the Reese Hoskins ACL injury, the Marlins sitting at 40 to 1. It's a long season, but to start the year, the Braves seem to be in the driver's seat with health on their side. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. I think this is really going to boil down to a two-horse race between the Braves and the Mets, two of the best teams in baseball. Um, the Braves, obviously, they lost Dansby Swanson this offseason heading to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they do have Ronald Acuna coming back uh, from the ACL. You know, he was a little bit not quite himself last year, but I think that everyone's expecting him to be an MVP form this year. Um, that said, though, for the reasons that I outlined earlier, as well as the, the fact that you can get a slightly better price on him, uh, give me the Mets to win this division. Um, you know, that said, it's going to come down to probably a late season series between these two teams. I think either one's definitely got it in the range of outcomes to win this division. He's Sam Smith betting pros. Follow him on Twitter at Sam Smith betting as we're going through uh, some of the futures options for the Major League Baseball season. Well, let's flip it on over to the MVP race in the American League. To no surprise, Otani is leading the odds board at just plus 220. Aaron Judge plus 700. Mike Trout plus 800. Jordan Alvarez 12 to 1. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, 13 to 1. Otani, he's so special if he stays healthy. We saw what he was able to do in that World Baseball Classic. Uh, but if you're looking to find some value, what do you do with this with this MVP race? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I mean, like you said, Otani is, is definitely rightfully the favorite. He's just, uh, you know, he's the best player in baseball and it's not too close. But um, I don't know that there's a ton of value with such short odds. I, I would go to, you know, a guy I mentioned earlier, Julio Rodriguez. Um, he's got, you know, a 40-40 season well within his range of outcomes. He dominated last year. He should be even better this year. Um, and if the Mariners end up, you know, going over their win total and surprising maybe even winning their division, he's going to be sort of having the, the storylines and the narratives at his back. Um, and a little bit of a longer shot down the board, but Byron Buxton sitting at plus 3,000. Um, he's consistently had injury issues through his career. But if the Twins do win their division and if he can stay healthy, he's got, you know, a big statistical season in him for sure. Um, if you want to take a flyer and just see what happens, he could be a fun name down the board to keep an eye on. Maybe the National League here has uh, a little bit tighter of a race, at least to get things started for MVP. Juan Soto leading the way at plus 550. Mookie Betts plus 950. Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, 10 to 1. Fernando Tatis 10 to 1. Trey Turner, maybe possibly the World Baseball Classic is what has shot this, these numbers through the roof. He's at 11 to 1. This feels a little bit more wide open, though. Any direction that you like here for National League MVP? Yeah, and, and you said it. There's so many names that could take home this award. It's a much tighter race than what we have in the American League. Um, of the names you just mentioned, I think uh, Mookie Betts sitting at plus 950 is, is really nice value. 
Um, you know, talent-wise, he's he's one of the best players in baseball. We all know that. Uh, it's more of a narrative in, you know, the NBA or the NFL, but he does have sort of the best player on the best team going for him. Um, if he just stays healthy and puts together a really good season, then the Dodgers end up taking home their division, which I think is, you know, a very likely outcome. Uh, plus 950 is going to look like a great price to have gotten in on. Um, that said, it won't surprise me if any of those guys that you mentioned end up taking it home this year. Sam, before we let you go, uh, where can people find your work? Yeah, you can uh, find me writing on bettingpros.com. I'll be, you know, covering baseball throughout the season. And uh, like Kayla said, follow me on Twitter at Sam Smith Betting. Sam, appreciate the time. Let's get some futures winners here for Major League Baseball. Appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Always, always great to be on. Thanks to Sam Smith there for his time. The Diamondbacks here a few minutes ago have officially announced their 2023 opening day roster. Uh, they have recalled left-handed pitcher Kyle Nelson from AAA Reno, placed catcher Carson Kelly on the 10-day injured list, placed left-handed pitcher Joe Mantiply on the 15-day injured list dealing with that left shoulder inflammation, placed right-handed pitcher Corbin Martin on the 15-day injured lift, right lat tendon avulsion, placed right-handed pitcher Mark Melanson on the 15-day injured list, right shoulder strain, and reassigned for minor league camp, right-handed pitcher Ryan Hendricks. Zach Gallen gets the ball tonight. Julio Urias in LA for the Dodgers 7-10 first pitch. But baseball is here. It is opening day today and the Diamondbacks they'll be back home facing the Dodgers to get things started April 6th through 9th during their opening weekend series. It will be a busy weekend with an opening day street festival on Thursday, April 6th. Post game fireworks on Friday, April 7th and you can kick off the new season. Secure your tickets at dbacks.com slash tickets for a pair of tickets to the Thursday, April 6th game. Be caller number 2-602-260-1060 right now. 602-260-1060. Caller number 2 gets a pair of tickets to Thursday, April 6th, Diamondbacks versus Dodgers contest. Once again, for more information and to secure tickets, go to dbacks.com slash tickets. Caller 2-602-260-1060. We will take a break, and when we come back, it's poll question time, the KDOS1060.com poll question, as well as the Twitter poll question. It's all happening here on Extra Point. KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is Thursday. It is March 30th. Congratulations to our winner for the pair of tickets to the Diamondbacks April 6th home opener against the Dodgers. A couple of different ways for you to continue to be eligible for this. You can download the KDOS 1060 app, follow along with the instructions for what you need to do, need to, do to be eligible to win the pair of tickets. We'll have a couple of those on the app, or you can keep listening uh, to the Sports Zone and the Extra Point. We'll continue to have some giveaways here this week and next. All right. Uh, if you missed it earlier today, I do just want to make sure I get this in here. Bob, scheduled day off 
for him taking care of some personal things. He is back, expected to be back tomorrow in the sports zone, 9 to 10, and the extra point from 10 to noon tomorrow. Let's toss it on over to KDOS1060.com for the poll question here. The Phoenix Suns, they got a much-needed win against the Timberwolves last night, 107 to 100. So what most impressed you in the Suns' 107-100 win over the Timberwolves? Options are Josh Okogie's relentless effort late in the fourth quarter, Chris Paul's most complete game in two months, and Kevin Durant impacting spacing despite his poor shooting night. You just kind of go through this a little bit here. Uh, Josh Okogie, he was only four of 10 for 10 points, but making contributions in other ways, including nine rebounds, three offensive boards. He did have two steals and one block shot. And I, I think things got a little sloppy there in late in the fourth quarter and Josh Okogie is right in the middle of it trying to muck things up his hustle plays were very apparent uh, and he was doing the little things to try and give the Sun some extra possessions and take away some possessions for the Timberwolves so you have to love the heart and you have to love the hustle late in that game when it comes to Chris Paul's most complete game in two months I think this is the Chris Paul that we need to see starting now and starting to see more consistently. You know, if we understand that him being 37, 38 years old, that, you know, he kind of has to go through the motions a little bit during the long regular season. But now it's time with the addition of Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton also back healthy. This is the Chris Paul that we need to be able to see in control of, uh, you know, what's going on offensively, but also how he was so effective on the defensive end of the ball. His stat line. You know, it's been consistent here. It, it, this isn't like an astounding stat line. 7 of 15, 19.6 assists. This is somewhat of a normal thing for Chris Paul, but he was more active, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that the, the defensive things here are really important to keep the opposing point guards in front of you and to really kind of start to limit some of that uh, penetration that we've been seeing right rushing to the paint and putting the team on its heels getting into massive foul trouble so his kind of relentless effort there I think was really important also with the spacing on the floor his offensive game and the things that he was doing offensively went back to being a little bit more effortless uh when it comes to Kevin Durant impacting spacing despite his poor shooting night um we see it we, we, we see it when he's not on the court, and we see it when he is on the court. We know what Kevin Durant is. We know how good he is. And yet when you tune in to the ball games and you really just see it all unfold, it, it kind of mesmerizes you at times. Yes, he had a, a, a really bad shooting night for him. I don't expect to see more of this moving forward, but how he's able to force defenses to make choices between him, between Devin Booker, it allows the two-man game there between Paul and DA to really start to ramp back up. Uh, we saw how effective that that can be. Uh, you just see how effortless things become for other players. And it's all just because of his presence on the court. It, it's really astounding to to see it. it, it it's, it's crazy because you know it. This isn't like earth-shattering information. And yet when you watch it all unfold, you're like, this is a completely different team. This this is not the same team that we've been watching for the last 10 games. Um, 
And again, Kevin Durant, he just loves basketball. He's so smart at basketball as well, because even though his shot wasn't being effective and he completely understands why it wasn't, he's going to he's going to work through it. It's not going to be an issue. He stayed engaged. He made great defensive plays. He made great assists. He just really understands how to impact the game. And so. Going through all of this here, what most impressed me, uh, I, I think we're, we're, we're still so new to Kevin Durant being part of the Suns, so I'm going to vote in the direction of Kevin Durant uh, because, yes, he, we've seen him do this with previous stops, but now that he's a part of this Suns roster and seeing how it impacted the energy of the rest of the team, it impacted Devin Booker going to the foul line as many times as he did. It impacted, uh, again, the two-man game between Paul and, and DeAndre Ayton uh, and him making these impactful plays without his shooting prowess on display that was pretty darn impressive and again it's still just kind of new to us here in phoenix so i'm going to vote that way masses though are on the josh akogi side of things which i don't disagree with 50 percent of the vote is on akogi chris paul at 38 percent and kevin durant at just 13 percent of the vote that's kdos1060.com's poll question let's flip this on over to twitter this was just more of an informational question that I had because uh, we we saw the transition of Thursday night football this past season to Amazon. Amazon has a massive contract, one billion dollars. You know, I think it's in the nine year range that they're set to to do this and take on this Thursday night proposition. We saw the fact that the games itself were not good on Thursday night. Even Al Michaels was struggling to get through calling the games, and so what. When you think about trying to make your media partners happy, how do you fix that? Well, one of the fixes that Roger Goodell was very proponent advocating for is the ability to flex the games on Thursday night. This year is going to be the first year that flexing is taking place uh, on Monday nights. It will begin in week 14. Uh, same thing that Roger Goodell was suggesting for Thursday night is that games would be flexed starting week 14 with 15 days notice. Uh, it did not pass. John Mara has been publicly uh, speaking out against this. But my question here is, would you be more inclined to purchase Amazon on Prime and watch Thursday night football if NFL games were flexed on Thursdays because you're not going to be getting them on Sundays. You're not going to be getting them on uh, CBS and Fox, which that's a whole other area of question about how you're going to anger those partners. So lots of different things to factor in here. But I just wanted to know from a consumer side, if you want to consume football and you have to buy the Amazon Prime package, um, are you more inclined to do it knowing that the games could potentially be better on paper and 100% of the vote is on the no side of things? You're not interested in it. So that's quite fascinating to me. And there's more nuance behind all of this. And we uh, had a conversation with AJ Perez from Front Office Sports earlier in the extra point. He dove into all of this and plenty more in regards to the commander's potential sale. Uh, plus the investigation and into Daniel Snyder and where those things currently stand. You can always podcast that over at KDOS1060.com. You can also podcast on the KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. So plenty of different ways. Uh, also, if you are uh, into getting your podcast through Spotify or Apple, you can certainly podcast through those means as well. We wrap up this 
Thursday, March 30th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and through the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. One more segment to go. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kent's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. March 30th edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Major League Baseball opening day, it's here. Braves on top of the Nationals 4-2 as they are headed to the top of the six. The Giants and the Yankees. The Yankees now on top 3-0 as they're heading to the bottom of the seventh. The Orioles and the Red Sox are all tied up one apiece going into the bottom of the third. And in the top of the third, it's the Brewers and the Cubs. Nothing, nothing right now. However, it does look like uh, the Brewers have two on right now as that game is underway. Opening day is is here for the Diamondbacks. They get things started tonight. Uh, 7-10 start. Valley Sports Arizona. Zach Allen on the mound. Julio Urias for the Dodgers as that game gets underway. Interesting schedule for the Diamondbacks. They have four games against the Dodgers away, two games against the Padres away, and then they come back home for a few more against the Dodgers. So just kind of an interesting uh, trying to get you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about the reduction of the interleague play. And so, therefore, you're getting half of them out of the way, it seems like, in the first two weeks of the season. But uh, let's get into the thank yous. Thank you to A.J. Perez, front office sports, for joining us, talking about NFL and a little bit about the Diamondbacks' Valley Sports Arizona situation. Sam Smith from Betting Pros going through win-loss totals for Major League Baseball. And, of course, thank Thank you to you for taking time listening to the program, interacting as always, and having a fun Thursday with me here. Bob, it was a scheduled day off for him. is expected to be back in tomorrow's Sports Zone. Of course, we have Final Four, reaction to Major League Baseball opening day, plenty of things to get into in tomorrow's show. And of course, thank you to Corey for all of his efforts and Aaron for his efforts as well in today's show. Everyone, have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. Thursday. Fantastic, fantastic opening night. And we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on KDUS AM 1060.